Hello, talking stations as per usual. Though today we've not got Matt Roll as your host. I'm having to stand in because he's got to go and do some uh, life things, <laughs> as we often have to. While I'm sitting here, excusing the fan noise because I'm absolutely melting as it's currently 32 degrees in the office. About 90 freedoms, I think, whatever that is in American. Um, <laughs> it's still hot, yeah. It's how, 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 how is it there in what, Denmark, Caleb? Uh, we have just uh, picking up around 30, but uh, it's not that bad today. Uh, last three days have been like melting, and I have been completely incapable of doing anything cam because I'm almost sitting here naked every single day around this time. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a nice image. So we we won't invite invite webcams in case you're uh, playing commander. To about that a few times. <laughs> Who else is lingering? We've got Devinzeth. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Devinzeth, yes. Devinzeth, you're the executive of Sorian Advance. Uh, the co-founder of the Alliance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've also got Cable lingering and Gagoran as well in the background. Um, so as usual, it's a bit of a catch-up, what's, what's going on in the world today. And uh, the main news thing I've seen today is um, not, a, not, a, not a very happy one. Sorry? Say that again, Cable. I didn't catch what you said. Hello? Uh, um, I'm very confused. What's happening? Uh, something just dropped out. Uh, but now you're can back. You, so you, you can uh, hear me? doing something hiding your window or something? I was completely sat still, not touching anything, so oh, it wasn't me. Like... <laughs> is it working? Can you hear me? Is everything fine? Yes. Great. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the important thing. Uh, I can loud, hear you. You can hear uh, me. Well, I can hear you. You can hear me. I don't hear any weird sounds. All right, I'm going to keep going. So, the... Now, I don't know what happens. It's uh, strange. I have no idea what you're talking about, unfortunately. <laughs> Twitch chat says it's fine. Um, as long as you can understand what I'm saying, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Roger that. Gonna close a couple of Eve clients. Maybe that will help. There we go. Okay. Yeah, stop stop your massive multi-winding. I think I think part of the problem is um not only um is either being melting, my uh, CPU is also on fire. Um, I think I know why the there's a bit of a weird mismatch, but I'll have to sort that out later. There's a there's a latency issue um because I tried to screw with my audio. But anyway, if we go back to things as they were, so the today's sad news is uh we've lost another. Player, I think this is the first uh, player, at least that's publicly known. And correct me if I'm wrong, to have passed from from, from COVID. I hear about it. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, Eve players that's lost close ones, but not mm. actual Eve players. Yeah, I had a court member lose uh, one of his parents. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of loss, and it was sort of inevitable that would ha this ha this would happen. Um, the character in question, uh, non-binary tentacle, uh, director of a small corp, and Pentacles in space, is that you pronounce it, I think? Um, relatively new player, it seems. If we go to the the post uh, posted by his um, his wife, I believe. Yeah, there's, it's been quite an outpouring of uh, grief from from the players, as as is usual, because, well, <laughs> Eve is one of those lucky games where, yeah, people love to shitpost, but uh, when it comes time to actually be human and talk to each other, people can actually respect each other properly. And yeah, the, the the outpouring of uh, care for this unlucky git is uh, warming to see. So there's there's quite a lot going on in the comments. If you look around, it's it's it seems to be quite a storied chap. He um, had known quite a few people. A few people had interactions. He was had a a, a somewhat popular thread a few months back asking uh, the community to name his character, which is where the uh, the non-binary tentacles things come from, which is a quality name. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm pretty jealous. But hopefully they'll be able to um, get hold of his uh, his courtmates because, of course, this is one of the problems, where, especially in video games, and when someone passes away, your video game friends don't necessarily know why, you know, unless they were so involved in your real life. They're just going to think that you logged off one day and you never came back, and that's just... It's sad, man. <laughs> I've lost a, a few friends in that way, you know. Uh, had a friend log off and then didn't hear anything for a few years and you finally poke their account and you get a response from a, a loved one of theirs saying that uh, yeah they've passed away it's always a bit of a hard hit and it's a good example of this whole thing with eve players might be very competitive and that's 
spills over to actually looking as if they're toxic. And of course, there is toxic elements, uh, but we always get blamed for being like one of the worst communities in gaming. And I would claim almost uh, certainly like many have done before, it's the opposite, right? It is one of the best communities, but it's also one of the most competitive. So this is the this is the elbowing and the bum, uh, the the thumb up your bum when on the field, right? This is what team <laughs> players do, just like professional soccer players do. They throw punches and and elbows because that's part of the game. It's it's so competitive compared to any other game. You could almost argue that because the other games are not competitive at all, really. Or, except for a bit of vanity points and and chest beatings it's 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 almost more horrible that they are so toxic uh, and so aggressive when it's basically meaningless what they do over there yeah well that, as i say that's that's the, the the magic of it is that i can spend four hours posting in your local about how much i hate you <laughs> but i'll still buy you a pint later later on if i ever see you in reality it's what i suppose it's because people value the the social side of the game so much more i think that comes from the the way that corps work and the way that you actually spend time and actually work together to build something i know it might be yeah, bit, but if you i was gonna say if you compare it to say i don't know pick your favorite shooter and you get you obviously get clans and things like that in those games but you spend a 20 minute match playing with your buddy um and generally that's that there's no greater goal to work towards there's no Spending loads of time chatting to them, you don't you don't spend as much as a structure bash is boring, but you don't spend six six hours uh, after getting up at three a.m. chatting to your buddies <laughs> that you play Call of Duty with, do you? It's it's a completely different world. And and there's very few people that are investing the amount of time in other games, right? It, the time that you invest in Eve also is meaningful because it's not uh, so sensitive to say if the whole uh, server kind of pop, uh, depopulates and move to somewhere else or to another game and stuff like that. People don't leave EVE, well, they do and then they win. But the, the point is that, that if you say do a lot of work on your community and investing time building third, per, uh, third person, uh, sorry, uh, third party apps or anything like that, all of these things will have a lasting impact on the rest of the community. So people that create things like Dotland and, and all that, they are, not just players they are almost uh co-developers and we play more for each other than necessarily to make ccp rich yeah it's 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 interesting when you look at as, as well as the length of relationships i know this guy was a new player um but you just think about how long some of these players have known each other i mean i'm sure there's plenty of groups that know each other from beta you know so what, that's 17 years ago now it's a mature adult community an adult in the everyone's an old git at this point sort of sense i just think that the eve community the player base are doing amazing things considering that it is not like world of Warcraft and composed of uh, uh, five to nine million right um, of course you're going to see uh, similar things in, in in games of that scale it's just still not the same mm, persistency and and um, well, of course, some still uh, stick around. There's a massive core audience of World of Warcraft, and actually a lot of them are shared with EVE players, even though it might be a little bit embarrassing to admit. Oh, yeah, There's, it's not a unique uh, phenomenon to EVE, but EVE does have, um, it seems to nurture, and whether that's intentional or not, nurture that far stronger. I mean, I can give plenty of examples of, um, even as I uh, put down the sort of Call of Duty communities, um, I was invited to the funeral very recently of a, a very old friend um, that I've been playing uh, Call of Duty-like games with since I was a teenager. Um, and, you know, that was a very, very close group of friends. You know, they, so they do exist everywhere. But uh, Eve just seems to have this special trick of um, really building these long-term, strong relationships. And I think Fastfly is re re relaying um, th that whole uh, mythology uh, thing of... Uh, uh, the story about some Russians that actually offered to do so. It was never actually done. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a story that just grows every single time that it gets told. Um, and I'm pretty sure that it's still completely myth. Is that, that's one of those myths, you know, about um, the context, the, the myth of uh, 
people sneaking up to FC's houses and snipping the wires to turn off their internet and all kinds of crazy things like that. There's, there's been plenty of wild stories. Whether they're true or not, I don't know. But the, um, the kind and caring stories, such as the outpouring after the passing of non-binary tentacles, um, they massively outweigh the occasional strange, unpleasant myth. Of course, uh, the, the, the whole show of... Uh, um... Uh, condolences and stuff when when we lost viral rat back in the day for even even people that would usually be completely toxic uh, was completely human in that situation because it was not just an international tragedy it was also a tragedy for the players that uh, he played with right so we we always get these stories in my opinion that suddenly we just take off our tribal hats and uh, and act like uh, proper human beings, which is also what you see almost seasonally at the FanFest and other EVE events. We are not that toxic at all, on the contrary. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to going to my first uh, meetup of some sort, though. Who knows when they're going to be? Um, I'm smelling rumors of another EVNT sooner or later, which is where I'll probably go. But um, So what's, what's in the news that's maybe a bit more um, uplifting, shall we say? As much as no, that's the wrong word to say. It's not. This is not not uplifting. It's an expression of the community. But um, what else is going on in the world? I know there's some red alert slash X profit block, if they don't mind being called that too much. But it, I think it grants a bit more context for those not following um, news going on. Uh, but what's going else on else in the world? I know. I don't know if it's already been covered, but I think another Keepstar popped um, down in the big wall. Third, third Keepstar. Third Keepstar. Yeah, they're pretty much done now with the demolition fund in Fountain, as far as I know. Yeah, um, they announced their merch on Delve. Sorry, Devin. They, they announced their uh, their merch on Delve, so that's going to be soon. Oh, so is that the next step of the the, the war? The um, What is the official name of the uh, not-Imperium team? Official name? And the, the not, allies, the, right? not, not the war, I was asking. What, so what are the names of the, the sites? I know you've got Imperium... But is there like a, a, an asterisk on that on one side, and then you've got, um, well, a, quite a large list on the other side? Who? What's the sort of official names of each team? The unofficial name is Pappy, right? The Pappy Forces. And I think uh, it would be correct to call them the Allies again, because that's pretty much the name they started using during World War B1, which is actually not called World War B, but the Casino Wars. This is World War B. <laughs> But I don't want to get too 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 dark into the, the naming schemes. War, this is the Casino War because World War B was a few years ago, so that name is taken. I just wanted to have uh, have some names so when I'm talking about one side in particular, I know uh, people can at least follow what I'm talking about, as I'm not uh, super into the into what's going on in the war myself. Um, so I'm guessing that means that so it's Pappy's next move is to put some pressure directly into Delve, is it? Yeah, they want to have their Delve campaign very soon. Do we have yeah, any idea what that's going to look like? We've moved our staging system forward in Fountain to a bit closer to Delve. I see. So everything's there's still like a like a quite before the storm kind of thing. Still moving out the logistics, ready to actually push yeah. on the assault. Still cleaning up Fountain, but we're mostly done with that, and Delve is next. That's the thing that the you're breaking up for me official narrative is the words delve is next it's not really I a think... surprise that's really the, the goal right if it has stopped now it would be kind of embarrassing of course you know you, if you set out to destroy the imperium uh delve and the imperium are basically one and the same at this point exactly and they have those uh, now we have to look out for what what uh entry points they're going to move on right they have something like nine to choose from and uh i think it was mentioned, I don't remember if it was really or Killer B that was talking about the fact that they kind of need to move on more than uh, a few at the same time, basically. I see. Be a multi, multi-pronged attack. I don't know. I'm not a strategist, unfortunately. Well, the ironically, found, the fountain entrance is really bad because it's um, potentially really, really easy to defend. Um, so... Um, it's why I have jokingly called it the Mopoli because we don't want this whole 300 Spartans uh, basically stopping this whole onslaught of uh, 
<laughs> happy immortals. Mm, so they're gonna they're gonna be coming in from more than just one point, right? They they need to figure out where can they get that beachhead so so they can actually start staging and attack Indel. I see. Just having a look at the map now. I think um, one of the best takes on this, aside from all the individual comments, is uh, Jintan's uh, recent or the one before, where he covers the, the, the whole geopolitics of how is this playing out and what is the most likely scenario going to be. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see because we've basically been seeing these demol demolition things and then we saw that one uh, harassment thing that's basically... Uh, a bit of a training thing. Of course, most already know exactly what you can do in Keepstar fights and um, whether or not it's going to be heavily contested or just light harassment. This is, this is basically the, the fights that we're going to start seeing in Delve. Um, but they're going to have to, I don't know, cl clean around their, their, their staging point. So it's going to be a, a very, very long war. Yeah, that's going to be a bit of a monster of a drag isn't it just having to <clears throat> having to pull down all of these old structures and yeah every single time and, and you do think, that that structure's shooting back of course it's spin when when the meta show and uh, uh the imperium says oh it's going to take two years we've done the math it's like yeah okay uh, theoretical math and all that stuff but it's not entirely wrong to point out how long this war is going to be it will not even be remotely over in six months. That's uh, that's a realistic argument that it's 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 not going to be over in six months. You think this is going to last into twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, yeah, at least at least into twenty twenty one. I think it's also going to potentially not be entirely concluded uh, by summer next year. So uh, twelve months from now, it's not going to be final finally done unless something completely unexpected starts happening. I, I don't know exactly what's that, what, what that could be, but it's for both sides. Uh, there's always the potential of drama, especially when you have this Imperium versus everyone else scenario. Um, shenanigans can happen, and, well, we all saw the whole CO2 thing, and uh, we've had uh, the judge flipping, and, well, we've had so many things happen that was unexpected, right? Of course, a few people might have been in the know and expected some of these things, but that's the kind of drama that I'm looking for and uh, mm. keeping my eyes open. Pandemic Horde lost 2,500 members the other day. What happened with that? Horde lost how many members? 2,500. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That was an inactivity purge, it looks like. Okay, so it wasn't uh, like corporations leaving for another side or anything, because I don't right. see any plus. Horde uh, purges... Uh, people who haven't logged in in a couple months periodically because because there's a maximum limit on how many people can be in a single corporation so there's a there's a 120 okay. character corp that uh left very recently to brothers of tangra and oh, that another 70 man corp they, they merged into a corporation in northern coalition so so unprotected plex merged into remember the fallen which left a few months ago for northern coalition that's what's up with that but the big loss of members is uh just inactivity purge okay so yeah. it's not well, yeah. war related okay looking at the scale of things i think once you're a corp that big uh well not corp sorry alliance that big a thousand members while it might seem a monstrously huge amount is not that big a deal Especially when it's an activity cleanout. I'm afraid at this point I'm kind of dry on the the war side of things, so I'm, I need to follow it a lot more. <laughs> but I just don't. You, you can't really be dry because not that much has happened since uh, the cleaning up of Fountain, right? Um, so this is why the whole it's it's the march uh, towards Delve that is relevant, and and you can say well what Vili called phase three is basically when the war starts because there was not a lot of. Uh, activity well there was a little bit of uh trying to poke uh, and 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 bloody uh some noses from uh, initiative but other than that they pretty much uh, turtled up and uh, moved everything to delve pretty fast i've mostly been following like the pandemic horde and like the north part of the war but like has there been any developments with like brave or panfam in like the delve conflict because i see they have sovereign stuff down there but i haven't followed the south conflict much we're we're seeing a lot of good uh I don't know, ramping up of the spin and the drama. Um, not to a level where it usually is in EVE Wars, 
but at least to a point where the entertainment is kind of starting, right? Popcorn's coming out, is it? Well, if you want to move on to um, news that I do have a vague clue about, at least. <laughs> so, last night there was a bit of um, drama, shall we say, with the what's known as Red Alert, the one of the coalitions, well, the coalition, uh, that was born out of the fall of Provi Block, if that's right. Uh, yes. Well, you're a, you're a leadership figure in that group, aren't you? Um, would you like to give us your rundown of roughly what happened? Yeah, so you kind of want a recount of events that I assume happened yesterday when um, Team Raiders when Chalice got the boot. So, yep, so essentially, yeah, so yesterday um, my time was like, I don't know, the afternoon because I'm Canadian, so I have a different time zone. But essentially we were getting wind, our leadership in Red Alert, that there was going to be um, a coup, so to speak, because um, another leadership figure, Team Raiders when Chalice in Red Alert, um, they were trying to, we have messages of this as well, poach Apocalypse Now corporations. They were speaking to the leadership, trying to recruit them, while at the same time having conversations with Wrecking Crew leadership. So it looks like they were trying to do a merge or something there. But um, once we started preparing for that, um, Two Moons One Chalice leadership started pinging in our Red Alert Discord uh, with the PSA that basically they were... Um, taking over the mantle, so to speak, and they wanted everybody to kind of come to their side of things. And in response, we had to remove them from the Discord and all of that and kick them out of the coalition because it was effectively a coup. After that all happened, there was some fast-paced reaction where uh, they booted our docking access temporarily and attempted to shoot some of our stuff, and then that caused a lot of... um, standings declarations so as a result of all that attempted coup and all that um two minutes one chalice was kicked out of red alert and they have their standings reset and as we stand right now docking access is kind of hit and miss but this is forces us as red alert to kind of get ourselves out of this region right now as we made aware in our public announcement that we're getting out of the area and just as we were doing that, snuffed out anchor Fortizars, or I'm sorry, an Astrohost on the Fortizar grid and preparing to shoot it down. So it's going to heat that. up and we're not going to be able to help them. Because if you're not so, aware, the so, other day we killed um, snuffed out's Fortizar. So this is going to be them shooting this one down. I did get to watch that one live. It was uh, not as big as the armor timer, surprisingly. I expected it to actually really blow up. Really? But, um, uh, it could have been. We had 200 dreads on standby and so did they. We just Ouch. didn't take the bait. Well, I, I, I personally was expecting it to escalate into the first, um, the first big CVA versus RA fight, if, if there was to be one. Well, there was some CVA killing RA in the last fight, but I, I also expected this to be, yeah, as you were saying, but we didn't take the initial bait. Like um, When we went onto the grid, um, we dropped some facts and carriers, and they dropped capitals as well, and they were kind of hoping we would drop more dread, so they would drop more, and then you'd have your general up escalation, but... We just were able to use our subcaps, and we had more of those, so we didn't need to um, make it a big dread brawl again, because that was a pretty long fight. It was four hours, I think, for the armor timer. Yeah, yeah. it was four hours. Yeah, this was two, I think. So half, thank God. The hull timer? Yeah, it was only like two hours, two and a half. Yeah, and we didn't really use many caps uh, compared to. It was mainly caps for both sides for for armor and then for hull it was our sub fleets against their carriers yeah from what i saw it was uh you guys had essentially a bunch of long-range material fleets that were just bouncing around keeping the thing going yeah there was two main material fleets there was a stack fleet as well but materials were the sniper pause the timer kind of thing bounce around dodge the the horde of fighters because i think they had like 50 carriers or something like that <laughs> it was quite impressive watching um Every time that one of those fleets, the Macarial fleets landed, this huge swarm of little arrows would come zooming across and they'd have to move out as quickly as possible. And then you'll always see this one Macarial that doesn't get the warp or whatever, and you'll just see him get volleyed. Yeah, there's always one guy that gets busted, unfortunately. It was a pretty interesting fight, though. It was um, good, but um, they aren't done, because Snuffed Out doesn't just fold when you kill a Fortizard, even if it's a faction one, they're... They've dropped their Astro House and they're going to carry your volley, the Forzar, and they already reinforced it. So when that armor timer comes out, they're going to drop their carriers and 
it'll be another fight, but Red Alert's not going to be able to help two maidens, one chalice with this because of the actions they pulled. So it's going to be them, and we'll see what RC's stance is, but I don't know what they're going to do. We're just trying to get out of the area. So the the short version is somebody, uh, so one of the alliances in Red Alert attempted to, according to yourselves, they attempted to coup, take over the so take over leadership to some extent, and then they were booted, obviously, for for attempting such a thing. And then I guess relations quickly soured, and now you're in a situation where you're essentially locked out of that Fortisar in Sasala. Like, if you want some context, because you were in Providence to see what the CVA leadership was, for example, it was more like it was a monarchy, basically. It was EQ who ran the the CVA Providence. Um, Red Alert was founded on the idea of the alliances get an equal democratic say. So it was almost a clash of ideology because Gian, um, two meetings and one chalice, wanted to basically, they voted for a democratic structure as well, but as things progressed, um, he was pushing for a monarchy again when all the other alliances, including his, voted for a democratic alliance structure where the alliances get equal votes say. So... Once he started pushing for a monarchy and we resisted that because it's not why we created Red Alert, it kind of created um, a disconnect and obviously that escalated into the separation that we see now. Well, let's have a quick look through. So this is it's on screen for those watching. Um, the message that came out from Jan himself, the, the leader of, or at least representative of Two Maidens, One Chalice, who is now, is it fair to call them an ex-RA uh, member? They are officially booted out of Red Alert Coalition. Let's just see what the... Uh, I'll try and paraphrase because it's quite long. Um, there's lots of complaints about PR. Well, one of these things that came up, and I found this one interesting because it's sort of a personal interest, is there seems to be a lot of arguing about uh, technical services. I think that's just a, a mild tangent. That's That's often been a problem for coalitions and alliances and even corps of all sizes when... You don't have the miraculous IT guy who uh, can manage everything for you. So did what went wrong, if, if something went wrong at all in this case? So I'll quickly clarify, as far as what went wrong and what didn't go wrong, it's not entirely accurately posted in either of those documents. I will say we do have a development team that is working on the services and they have given a very clear, a very clear deadline. It's going to be a matter of weeks that have been very specifically stated. Um, as far as the outburst in regards to this, Gian basically, and we voted on all this to end timelines, would be we agreed on X timeline, and then the next day he would come around and say, no, we're going to do this timeline instead. And we're like, that's not what we voted on. So services are said to be done within a certain timeline, and he was pushing for one day it would be, let's do this later, or let's do this sooner. So there's just a lot of confusion based on... Um, all of that. But no, services are nearly done. They are in the works. And by the time we move to where we are going, they will be ready to go. Because there's like authentication, there's a place to post your doctrines, right? You've got a timer board and all that stuff. ESI checks. It's all in the works. And yeah, it's essential for a coalition to operate. Yeah, it's, a, it's funny how Eve's gone that way. And maybe it was that way since the beginning, but um, without proper IT infrastructure, it's living properly becomes very difficult. It would be nice if you could have an environment where you could trust enough to not need it, but sadly, that's not the reality of current Eve. <laughs> Very true, but um, I think that's part of what makes Eve interesting, you know, the whole espionage kind of side of things. That's true. I've always thought espionage was pretty cool. Like, it's it's pretty dark and gringy, but if you there's been quite a few cases of it where you get um, coordinated efforts even to get people into these corporations and alliances sure to feed intel is one thing but to completely like dismantle entire enemy operations by like destroying their alliance or like you saw with care factor in providence where uh i think it was that pandemic horde alt guy or whatever he disbanded the entire alliance in an hour destroyed all of their saw and it was crazy with the care factor thing i heard it was a disgruntled ex leadership uh figure um he was a Care Factor former Care Factor guy who came in. It was an alt, though, who was PanFam affiliated, though. That that was the fact of the situation. 
I don't know if it was, it wasn't a coordinated effort, apparently. Um, even RC says it wasn't coordinated to them, but they um, conveniently did have everything ready to go to roll the solve immediately after. So I don't know, but he was oh, RC. Yeah. It wasn't totally coordinated. It was just uh, that RC was has enough people ready at that strange hour of the early morning that people were ready to do it since rc is traditionally one of the our main activities is hunting people moving supers and people often move supers close to downtime so a lot of people in rc are active around then when that happens totally it also depends on your definition of um collusion because the story that i heard is that rc were informed this was going to happen but it was not of their will, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's quite possible, like that they didn't like say do this and this, but when so and so is doing this, he could have easily sent a pain to rocket or whoever. Like, yo, a bunch of free solves about to drop. You guys want it? And they're probably like, sure. I mean, I could understand that conversation happening. Yeah, yeah I imagine that's the most likely story, from my opinion. Yeah, what I heard was that the guy did it, and then he pinged Eros right after he did it. Eros and or. Eros is the leader of the Rogue Consortium, the the ex-Pravi guys in RC. Mm, the local self-holders, I suppose, of the opposite team. Essentially, there's the alliance that cares about the Sov of Providence more than the other alliances, I'd say. Because when you look at HTP and Few and Dreadbomb, they really just want the PvP content and to you know drop their supers and caps, but TRC actually do like to farm the land. Yeah, that's... Um... That's, that's going to be a large subject, I think, in the coming weeks. As now that, uh, let's say, for, for context, that people don't necessarily know, Providence, as in Provi Block, is essentially um, no longer in existence, and all of the member groups are slowly making their way out of the region, um, and that's going to leave a bit of a void. And if Wrecking Crew, like you say, um, HTP and the other groups within them, apart from TRC, aren't necessarily interested in holding the land. That what their plan to do with it, as as I suppose they will be the local powerhouse for at least at least in the immediate future. Um, what happens next for the Providence as a region is going to be quite interesting. I personally believe there's going to be sovereignty issues, though. I think that's going to play benefit to HTP, Dreadbomb, and Few because they like conflict, but it's going to annoy hardly competent and TRC those who like to farm isk in the land, but. Uh, even before uh, Provi Block was evicted, Wrecking Crew did have sovereignty issues, which is why you saw the creation of the number of alt alliances they had to hold the capitals. But I think just because they don't have the sheer numbers yet, they might grow. But I already see when I fly through there that there's just dead systems and you're going to have groups that are um, looking for land now that there's this war going on. And you see these systems by catch. Uh, bordering central systems that are having low ADMs, low activity, and there's going to be solve contesting, I believe. And um, it might annoy some people, it might be great for some people, but there's going to be conflict in Providence, I think. A small stuff, kind of what it was before um, the RC probably block um, escalated. Mm, I just think there won't be as uh, clearly defined sides as there once was. It's not going to be probably block versus RC. It will be. No, it'll be um, skirmishes between a lot of third parties, I believe, and TRC. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting developments too between the um, the catch systems that Providence held because there was always that weird pocket that Proppy Block held in catch, uh, whereas Watchmen and Rosita were pretty close by. But now that Proppy Block has left, I don't know if um, TRC is going to try and take off into catch or if Legacy is going to try to push that out. But there's going to be some interesting developments, I'm sure. True, I hadn't factored into my thoughts how the larger groups are going to get involved if they are going to get involved at all. Um, I'm just going to be um, curious, because after this war, I don't know what Legacy's thoughts are about um, having RC with super capabilities and now two keep stars, maybe a third if they want one right into catch space. It's going to be weird. Well, they they are temporarily on each other's side in, in the war, are they not? I think RC is signed up on the Team Pappy. Yeah, they're blue right now, but after the war um, Brave and Evictus were never too fond of having RC too close, especially with um, their Tickle allies. Mm, it's going to be a very, very interesting one. Um, I'm most curious as to like how is the. So I'm not very familiar with Sov warfare, but how how is it going to work in terms of is it does the Sov decay to a point where essentially just someone comes along and pops it overnight and takes it for themselves, 
assuming they're uncontested, or is it uh, a bit more complicated than that? It would have to be. How ADMs work. Yeah, it depends on the ADMs, and there is still the vulnerability window. But you could, in a single day, um, well, no, because if somebody had to self-destruct it, so there's still going to be a reinforcement period, um, no matter what the ADM is. But looking at this, yeah, looking at this map, the the ADMs are pretty low across a significant chunk of the region. Yeah, and, it, and even in the um, wrecking crew space, it's pretty. Um, it's for everywhere. <laughs> there's select pockets you'll see though that are pretty high, but yeah, you can tell where you can tell who's still there. You've got in the bottom right where there is some much higher ADMs. You've got Coalition Hispania living top right. You've got TRC. I'm not sure what's going on, on the left side. There's a there's a row of systems with half-decent ADMs. Um, who's keeping those up? Is that TRC's responsibility? On the right side, give a system as example. Uh, R3, TAC, XTACR, AYTAC. There's a whole bunch of, yep, so bunch of systems along that was their low sec. That was their low sec entities that lived in like Misaba and Arton and all that. So you've got Arton that lives up there. You've got Hardly Competence and Knights of Evermore and just a few of those other... Um, those low sec entities that finally and they're pretty they're like trc in a way they're they're pirates but they actually do like to carry a rat and farm isk and rorical mines so they're pretty um content with owning the saw of nail up there and then they okay. still have all their low sec forzars in misaba so it's pretty easy navigation okay well if we um as a bit of a long tangent there but so the the story at hand is the the two maidens one chalice um booting leaving uh being booted slash leaving Red alert. So I have to say, whoever's making these documents, um, got too much time in your hands. <laughs> Though I do oh, like it. It's uh, funny. Somebody made a comment about the um, the RA document, saying how well prepared it was and all the prep work we put into it. And to be fair, that was a reactionary document. We didn't even prepare that one in advance. Um, we were laughing because if we did prepare that one in advance, it would have looked a lot better. But I mean, even up, I noticed uh, even the address has been updated. There's a slightly older one, which um, referred to the Sasala Fortazar, which is um, the context. Again, the, the Sasala Fortazar is a structure owned by Two Maidens, One Chalice, um, which was being used primarily as an evacuation point, I believe, for Red Alert from Providence. Yeah. I do want to iterate on one point that hasn't really been approached on this topic is we have talked about Snuffed Out, but we haven't really talked about um, their intent in creating this content. Because um, um, we discussed a little bit a while ago, I, I believe, about the whole first engagement with them where they shot the two maidens, one child's Fortazar, but we all kind of rubbed that off as um, it was called an accident and all that. But I, you got to give credit to Snuffed Out because they aren't—they're not dumb. They are actually pretty intelligent people, and they knew that this Fortazar in Sasala was where a lot of alliances were going to. So them moving into the region, they knew that a lot of guys just wanted to undock, not undock, sorry, and fold their assets and not fight Snuffed Out until they leave and just give them no content. But Snuffed Out knew that this Fortazar had to be defended because of all the assets that were there. So. They intentionally targeted that Fortazar, knowing they'd get the exact escalation they got. Uh, they knew it would cause a CVA and RA divide, and they knew that we would defend it, and they knew we would, we would have to defend it with capitals to the maximum, because all of our life's Providence assets were there. So they very strate strategically chose that Fortazar, and they got the, the content they wanted. They got a lot of good fights out of it, versus... If we didn't move there, if we were still in Providence, they might just have not really gotten many fights in the region. But um, I'd say they've gotten what they wanted to out of here so far, and it's going to continue still. Well, that's my um, next question, because as you say, a lot of your alliance coalition's assets are sat in that Fortazar, and I know that the docking access is still a bit of a contentious thing, but I don't know whether currently you do or do not have docking access, but it's basically the, it can't be guaranteed at this point. How are you guys doing in terms of getting out of there? It's, it's hit and miss. So like um, yesterday, we had no docking access for an X amount of time. And then we raised the issue. And we did. Um, today, we woke up without it again. And then we have it again. So it's, it's hit and miss. It's not reliable. For the spurts, we do have it. We are getting our stuff out in, um, in bulk as much as we can. Though... 
people sometimes do have to rely on asset safety because it's it's pretty unreliable. Luckily for us, though, as we've stated, we do have a destination where we want to go. So we have direction so we can get our assets out and get them moving and hopefully sooner than later, just leave this area behind us because I can say personally, uh, we're kind of just done with the drama and the politics of all of this right now. We just want to move forward and get to growing and expanding a bit. So where's our going next? So I will say this because it has been posted in both Jean's and our um, public announcements. We have been looking to the great wildlands for our home to rebuild and grow. It's a little bit away from all of this. Have you got sort of friends set up there or how's, how's that going to work? So strategically, and I can say this because it's pretty evident if you look into Killboards and all that, we do have friends nearby that region. So there's been corporations that have like left Provi Block and all that in the past, and they live in alliances that are close to that region, though not in the region. Um, there are some friends in the region as well, but more it was just a region that was away from where you know um, CVA and company were going. It's away from Two Minutes One Chalice. It's away from Providence. It's an area that is promising and quiet, where we have friends close by, and we can just rebuild and kind of get a fresh start. And we've scouted it out. It looks pretty promising, and it's something that we need right now. We've looked at other regions too, but. They all kind of presented conflict as soon as we would have entered those regions. Such as if we went to Curse, for example, we would have been we would have been fighting Tickle, and then we would have been fighting RC again. And um, we don't need that right now. And then there's just other regions where we probably would have been fighting Snuffed and CVA again. So uh, it was pretty well thought. Yeah, the CVA thing I I find really interesting because I'm just imagining what it's going to be like in however many months, years, time. Um, that either one of yourselves tries to make the return to Providence at the return home kind of thing. Um, now you've essentially got two arguably legitimate claimants to the title of um, holders of Providence. So there's it's going to be an interesting um, civil war, if you can call it, when that happens. We're like a bunch of uh, groups fighting over the title of like Shogun for like, no, no I don't know. Um, personally, I, I cannot speak for the other alliances Though with two means one child is gone, we do have one less knee for future diplomacy with CVA. Um, personally, though, I would like to see, because I have a lot of friends in CVA. I just got a lot of friends all over, but I love to see us blue again with CVA in the future once we've kind of just come to cool heads a little bit and focus on ourselves and rebuilt. But I don't know if that's the reality. I can't say what's going to happen and I can't speak for how the other alliances feel, but I can see a neutral reset in the future but um i don't know i don't have a timeline on when we're going to go back to providence if or when but all i know is right now we need to rebuild we need to get away from the drama the politics and not even just rebuild but we need to be better than we were when we were in providence so we're going to need to go to these regions where we're going we need to build and given what rc can do we need to build to be a little bit like them to be honest um because when we were in Providence, they had uh, a lot of advantages, diplomacy, recruiting, and uh, in military power. So we've got a lot of work to do. Well, like they say, if you can't beat them, join them. And it doesn't mean literally join them, but uh, if they're doing something right, then copy it. Well, we need to be able to, I wouldn't say join their mentality. Like, we're not going to go in RA anyways. We're not going to become MBSI. We're going to reform NRDS. That's what we're going to do. Um, CVA um, is going NBSI I believe I've heard that from so many people I don't know if they've made a formal announcement about it but I've heard that from basically everybody in CVA that while they're in Placid or wherever they're going that they are going to be NBSI I don't know if they're going to change that when they go back to Providence but that's what they are right now Um, but no our tactics are going to have to change so we're going to focus on escalating to supers such as CVA is doing as well so we're going to like do all this cool black ops stuff and capital stuff and super dropping and all this kind of escalation stuff. And of course, we're going to have to build up stockpiles to do this. Um, one of the cool things that we want to apply to, which I did post in the PSA, is we want to build a coalition SRP because that's something a group like us can do. And I think it's going to be a cool step forward. And we can probably extend that to capital coalition SRP too and hopefully super, but that's really far-fetched right now. No, but it sounds... Um... Sounds like you guys have got 
a future ahead of you. It's going to be... Um, you're looking to actually... In, again, we're, we're on a bit of a tangent, but um, why not? It's interesting. So you guys are looking to... Once you make it into Great Wildlands, will you be enforcing an RDS in whatever area you end up controlling? Yes. There are currently... And I was surprised when I heard this a while ago, too. There are actually already NRDS groups there, some of which, but not all of which, are from Providence in the past. So some of that already exists there, which is kind of relieving. So we'll be walking into friends and potential people we can make friends there. So, yes, NRDS will exist there. That is surprising. I didn't realize there was uh, anyone else around still doing it. Um, It's... Nice to hear that it isn't a completely dead concept, at least in uh, outside of Providence. I would agree. Yeah, surprising. I'm I'm happy about it. Like when I was scouting there, I'm, it feels nice. I don't know. I'm I'm excited about it because there was a lot of easier alternatives. I'll say, like we could have folded many of us into the legacy, and we could have folded into I, we could have folded anywhere or just joined CVA or anything. But I'll say this hasn't been an easy path falling to low sec and trying to stick together and going through all this drama and politics together. But it is really cool that we still got a group of alliances together and that we are actually starting to go to a new home together. And it, it feels really nice now. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes. We'll be watching. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so after this all calmed down and I sort of checked in the morning what's going on. So two maidens... They're now out of red alert. The structure's going on, off, on, off, on, off in terms of docking rights. But one interesting thing I saw this morning, the major corporation within Two Maidens, One Chalice, the, the corporation that Gian Bal himself is in, has left that alliance. And I don't, I don't want to get too, like, tinfoil hattery into what's going on here because he's not here to explain himself. I think he's just busy with other things at the moment. I'm sure we'll get him another time. Um, but do you know what's going on there? Because I certainly do not. Yeah, I got wind of that just before I came on here, actually, because I, um, I cannot speak too much to that right now. That's something we're actually looking into ourselves. All I can really say factual is um, Jian, so his corporation and himself, did try to recruit corporations in Red Alerts to, I don't know, voice his alliance or to what he's doing next. That much is still being determined. Uh, I can say factual as well. The same night that he was trying to recruit those corporations, he was speaking to Rocket X. I don't know if that was to get two maidens diplomatic standings with Wrecking Crew, or if that was to get his corporation diplomatic standings, or whatever context. Oh. But so there's something developing here. I don't know if he's joining a new alliance corporation, or I just know he had conversations. Well, in his um, open message, he, he alludes to some kind of deal. Um, being available for an immediate return um, of Red Alert should they sort of go with his plan, uh, an immediate return to Providence. Like, is there um, we, any further details about what that is? It's not confirmed because he was not communicative about that. Basically, as soon as he found out that we knew about that is when he dropped the bomb and we had to react. Um, our speculation was, given he was having conversations with Rocket, our speculation was that he was going to get himself, his group, so to speak, renter and or some blue status with Wrecking Crew so that we could live there. However, we didn't really care to be Wrecking Crew pets because our goal is to rebuild and contest them. So we didn't agree with that concept. So, But no, I believe that's what his intent was. Um, we're running over an hour at this point. Probably just start wrapping up in a moment. Uh, is there any interesting tidbits that we might have missed about the last 24 48 hours you might want to cover not yet but soon yeah there's going to be some interesting points when snuffed out does show up for that armor timer and to see if rc does or does not show up and if cva does or does not show up ra won't show up but you'll see what the relationship is if it was actually um rc supporting gian or if it was rc supporting ra so you'll see what the relationship is um, when well, the armor timer comes out. It could also could be neither. It could just be RC hating snuff. It could be neither. So I think that will be the next interesting development. But um, those are the main points for now. I didn't see okay. when that comes out, but I think it's tomorrow. 
Oh, the, the armor time, yes. It's quite a short one. I think it was one day and 18 hours-ish. And that went down last night, so it'll be... Around midday tomorrow, I think, is my guess from the top of my head. Okay, okay. I just know they dropped an Astra on the grid, so they're going to do the tactic that's been done for the Keepstars, where you just drop carriers, kind of just spam carriers onto the structure, and hopefully drop um, dreads on your carriers so you kill them all. So what does the... what? What role does the Astro House play in that tactic? Well, you saw what they did with the um, two uh, keeps, or I guess the three keepsters now, where they have the Astro House that's right above the keepster grid, and you just drop your 500 to 50 carriers on top of the, you know, the structure. And then if you need to, you can abandon fighters, tether, or whatever. Um, and you've got the Astro House defense as well. But you kind of just sit there with your carriers, and you send all of your fighters down to the grid to shoot the structure. And you don't even use subcaps to shoot the structure. You just sit there. Subcaps defend the carriers. It sounds kind of cheesy, but if it works, it works. It worked for the, uh, again, the Keepstars weren't contested either, but um, that's what they did for the Keepstars. I've seen that tactic used quite a bit. I was worried then when you said it, it wasn't contested. It makes me wonder if it's a, it's a tried and tested technique, or does it, uh, has it been proven? Well, we'll see what happens with this. It's, because um, either way, if you're going to drop the reds on Snuff, you're going to drop a lot more. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I will be watching. We shall see. I, I kind of want to leave it there, but... Leave it. Yeah. Wait, just to confirm, Red Alert will not be assisting. No. Um, as much as um, some members would love to whore on the structure or whatever side, we're not going to be involved on any side. Well, there's nothing wrong with throwing an Atron at the last second, is there? Uh, we just don't want to be seen helping stuff in any way or form because we don't want to flip sides. It's not us. I see what you mean. Right, I think we're going to pack it up there. Um, thanks for coming on to talk. It was, I know it was very last second that I uh, reached out for anybody that could talk about it, but this is often the nature of these things. It's, uh, it's a less than prepped daily show, shall we say, and it wasn't expected that um, I was going to have to run it, but I think it went well enough. Um, um, yeah. Look forward to... Yeah, Snuff would actually be quite interesting, because uh, it seems like either they're insanely lucky or up to some really quite clever, interesting plays, so I'd love to know what's going on behind the scenes in their heads. Yeah, luck's reaching. Right. I think that's that then. Right. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching. Uh, don't forget to do all the things that they say on the end of those Minecraft YouTube videos. And have a good morning, evening, whatever time it is you are.